three more EQ things. And the first one, a little confidence, a little assertiveness. Being assertive and being confident uh, impacts your ability to have a high EQ. It really does. People who don't have assertiveness, they get walked over. They, they don't get the, the, the steps forward they want to take. So are your actions, are your thoughts, are your motives, do they portray confidence? Do they portray confidence? Or do they show signs of doubt? Do they show signs of, I don't think I can do this? If you show it on your face, you know you show you don't show you in your actions and your thoughts that you can do it. You won't. Uh, you see it in every type of person before they go in an interview. They're either looking confident or they're looking like it's not going to happen for them. Uh, when they go up to present something, they either look confident or they know it's not going to happen for them. Um, you know, at the CDC last Friday, uh, I did the public speaking, and there were some guys that walked up, some people that walked up. And you could tell that they were ready to go. Like they were, they were confident what they were going to say. They didn't doubt anything. And then there were some others that walked up there. Before they even started, they looked like, I, I don't know if I can do this. I, I, I'm a little scared, a little nervous. Some people addressed the elephant in the room. And that's okay too. There was one kid that went up there and said, all right, I just want to let you guys all know, I, I'm, this is not my thing. I am nervous right now. And he kind of got it out there. And everyone kind of took a big... Uh, breath and was like, oh, okay, he's nervous. I, I, I'm, I can understand. I can relate to him a little more. Okay. Sometimes putting it out there, just saying, hey, I'm not really confident right now. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. Helps you grow, overcome that a little bit. Um, it kind of addresses the elephant in the room. So ask yourself, are your actions, are your thoughts, are they portraying confidence? Uh, if we're going to have confidence, though, we can't have anger or resentment. Because when we hold up anger, we have resentment in our lives. We hold it up, and then we don't let ourselves uh, push through that confidence barrier. Okay, so factor that in. EQ manages how and when we use our confidence. Because we also got to remember too, if we walk into a room and we we look like we are the the big hot shot that we own everything that we can do anything we want. Um, yes, that's confidence, but it's also a little bit uh, on the on the verge of cockiness. Okay, and then that's not EQ. EQ knows when to look confident, when to manage confidently, when to showcase their confidence, but they also know they don't need to put it on display 99.9% .9 of the time so that everyone knows that how confident they are. Okay, so understand, there's a, there's a fine balance there. You gotta know when the human action interaction is, is utilized here in your confidence. Sometimes you need to engage other people. I think firmly that if you pour into somebody else, if you try to help somebody else be a little more confident, that inherently makes you a little more confident. It just does for whatever reason. I don't know the science behind it, um, but I think it does. So some human interaction will help overcome your confidence um, and could overcome some assertive issues. When we stay isolated, we will never break over that barrier. When we try to isolate ourselves from everybody else, we try to put ourselves in a corner from everybody else, we're never gonna overcome that uh, the confidence barrier in our lives. We gotta put ourselves in some human interactions to understand how that works. Okay, you might fail. You might, you probably will at the beginning, but it'll help grow you, it'll help grow you, okay? And then know where the line is, know where your confidence and cockiness is at. You can't go over that line, okay? We go over the line, it's all for nothing. Then you just make yourself look worse than not being assertive and confident at all. Provides you with a voice. When you're confident, when you're assertive, you actually have a voice. So think of yourself going into a big meeting, big boardroom, there's all the big waves with the shirts and ties on. You could easily just sit there and not say anything. Just kind of sit back and look, look at the blank face on your face, like, I don't know, I really want to be here. Um, but you could also sit there and say, hey, I got something I want to say. I'm going to assert myself into this meeting. I want to make sure that they, they know I'm here. 
that they're aware of I'm, I'm in this wardroom. Okay, so having confidence gives you a voice. It gives you the ability to speak up for yourself. Um, it gives you the ability to give out your thoughts, give out your ideas without having to worry about, oh, I wonder what they're going to think. Okay, so it gives you a voice in your work life, in your life life, in just life in general, and in your personal space. That's with your friends, your family. Um, confidence in you moving forward with your brand next week. You moving forward with your, your goals and your dreams. Share it. Gives you a voice. If you've got thoughts and ideas, be confident in sharing it. Be confident in sharing with it. George Lucas, creator of Star Wars, right? Everyone knows what Star Wars is. Everyone. Even if you haven't seen it, you know what Star Wars is because you've seen all the characters, you've seen all the toys, you've seen all, all the merchandise. Well, back when he had the idea for Star Wars, he had to go around for four years to, to kind of sell his idea before it ever got bought, so to speak. Four years, he went around asking people, hey, take a look at my storyboard, take a look at my script, just read it. And he got rejected over the course of four years, numerous times. Could have easily given up. I mean, four years, that's your high school career. So think about starting as a freshman and, and then graduating and then finally being told yes about something that you were working on for really uh, very hard on. That's what George Lucas went through over four years. And the reason he got a, an offer uh, from a guy, an executive in uh, 20th Century Fox was because the guy was like, hey, you know what? I really like the work you did on this movie called American Graffiti. Uh, it's a movie starring Harrison Ford as well. And it's like, I kind of liked what you did there. You know what? Hey, I'll give you a shot at this movie, Star Wars. We'll give you a shot. Okay. After four years of trying to work really hard and sell this, we'll give you a shot. But we'll only give you $11 million to make it. $11 million right now to our minds sounds crazy. I, like $11 million, where do I sign up? But in the, in the Hollywood industry, in the movie industry, $11 million is just like chump change. Okay, It's just like $11 million. That, that'll maybe pay for a, a location. That'll pay for half an actor maybe. Uh, it won't pay for much. Off the $11 million investment into the original Star Wars, they got a $2.7 billion return. Star Wars has made $2.7 billion. That's a lot more than $11 million. It's a pretty worthwhile investment. If you were investing stocks, you would have gotten a great return. Okay, It wouldn't have happened if George Lucas had given up. I mean, he could have easily given up after two years. I mean, two years is a long time. Um, if he would have said, you know what, looks like no one's going to buy this idea. This idea is not going anywhere. I thought I had something good with the Star Wars um, thought, but I guess not. Now maybe I'll try a different movie. I mean, think of that. And then we would have never had Star Wars. Think about that. Crazy. Being assertive and confident. There's a story of a bird. Bird goes, flies along this branch. Stops on this branch. Loves this branch. Why? Because the branch keeps it afloat. It keeps it away from all the dangerous creatures down below. All the crazy people saying, you're not good enough. You know, that'll eat me. Um, so it likes this branch. It's confident about this branch. But all of a sudden, the wind starts moving around. The storm clouds start rolling in. And it starts getting a little shaky. And the bird realizes, oh, goodness. This could be kind of scary. I mean, I would feel a little scary if I were a bird sitting on a branch and it gets stormy. Because the branch could break at any moment. And so the bird realizes, though, yes, this branch might break. But he realized two things that I think are important for us. One, if this branch does break beneath my feet, I can fly. <laughs> the bird's like, I, if the branch breaks, I can fly. I have two wings that will keep me afloat. And second of all, if this branch does break, there are many other branches around me I can go to. 
So if this one branch I'm on breaks, I have other branches I can go to. And sometimes we live in a life where we are worried about our branch breaking and we forget we can fly. We forget that there are other branches we can land on. That comes from our confidence. comes from our confidence. So take that story from the bird. Confidence issues come from these things, though. It varies in everyone. We all have our things that we're uh, fearful about, whether it be uh, fearful of rejection, something telling us no. We're fearful of fair, failure, that I won't live up to the standard that I know I need to get to. I'm, I'm afraid of I will look bad, I'll look silly. Those are kind of common. But we also have various things in our lives that, that hold us back uh, for unique purposes. Okay, and well, I'm not here to go into each one of those things, but uh, we all have those unique things. Understand them and embrace them. That's still no excuse, though. You can't say, well, you know, this is the, this is the reason why I'm not going to pursue this. This is the reason I've been holding back. Or this is the reason I'm, I'm not going to try to accomplish the dreams I have. It's still no excuse. Okay, we're all going to be scared and fearful of some things. Failure is going to be always there. Okay, and you're gonna fail. You're gonna fail. You're gonna fail. You're gonna be told no, like George Lucas was for four straight years before you get the yes. But it's still not an excuse to, to give up. It's still not an excuse to say, "Well, I quit." Okay, that that's not what we should be doing here. That's not an excuse. I don't want you to use that as an excuse. You also have to understand there's gonna be fears. Uh, there's a link here to a great video. Tim Ferriss talks about overcoming fear and his fear setting, where he outlines his fears what he's scared of and he breaks it down to why so that way he can confront them a little bit so understand your fears and break them down understand why are you afraid of them and then it'll help you overcome them a little bit and then the optimism impact okay i talk about positivity a lot but what about optimism looking at the glass half full rather than the pessimistic view of a lot of people in our world especially on social media of negativity of the pessimistic, I think this is terrible. I don't think you're good enough. I think this is bad. I think you're, you're, you're wrong. I think you're crazy. We've got to have the optimism impact and outlook that will help us be more positive, that will help us be more structured, that will help us physically uh, get through things, that will help us emotionally with our EQ get through things. High assertive tips. If you are very high assertive in life, so some of you might be very high assertive. Like when something has to be said, you are the person who's going to say it. Understand this, you have to have help to hold you back sometimes because high EQ knows when to, to assert themselves and when to not. So if you are already highly assertive, you gotta have someone who can say, hey, hold back, this is not the time or the place. You don't need to say this right now. Maybe you're that person for somebody else. Two, you, you can't be the first to speak. If you are highly assertive, I encourage you to be the last to speak. I think it's a good strategy in general because if you are the last to speak, you know, on a big board meeting, for instance, guess what? You get to hear everybody else give their opinion and say their thing, and then you get to formulate your own opinion, and then wrap it up at the end, and you're like, bam, drop the mic. Because I just heard everything you have to say, and I'm going to top it type of thing. Uh, so if you're highly assertive in general, don't be the first to speak. Because then, eventually, someone's going to tune you out. Because you, you might have a friend like that, that they always have to say something, they always have to get the first word in, and eventually no one wants to hear them talk anymore. Uh, so be careful being the first to speak. And then third, write and speak. If you are highly assertive, maybe you don't use your words and your voice so much, you go to writing a letter, writing the email. So that way it's not always like, hey, oh, there's, there's Billy again. He's always talking. You just can we, can we quiet him up, please? You know, Use your words by writing them out as well. Now, if you're low assertive, if you're someone who's like, I don't know if I really want to insert my comments or insert my thoughts, insert my answers here, here's some things you can do. Have someone call on you. Hey, when we get in that meeting, I need you to call me. T tell me, you know, hey, 
Billy had a really great idea we were talking about the other day. Why don't you tell him, Billy? Have someone call on you. And then that kind of puts you in the position where you have to assert yourself a little more. Uh, so maybe you have a friend who will do that for you. Uh, tell them, hey, call on me. Point, point me out. So that way I'm not going to do it my own self. I'm not going to raise my own hand. I need someone to kind of do it for me. So do that. Or prepare your thoughts. If you prepare your thoughts beforehand, now when the time comes, you're going to be able to go in and play. Just what we talked about the game plan yesterday with uh, anger management. If you have a game plan of how you're going to assert yourself and be, look and be more confident, you will. If you try to come up with it on the spot, if you try to do it on the spot, you won't. Okay, so because then when someone's saying, hey, anybody got any suggestions and you're trying to figure it out on the spot, of course it might sound like blah, blah, blah. But if you prepare your words beforehand, now it just comes out uh, like you plan it and it's good. Track your progress and then surpass it. Maybe you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to make one comment or I'm going to assert myself, uh, do something for my confidence at least once this week. And then track your progress. Track what happens. Uh, it's good to look back and say, hey, you know what? I did actually assert myself three times this week. You know, I asked three questions in class today, or this week. I haven't done that in, in years. So track your progress. Understand that progress is good, and if you showcase that, now you become more assertive because of it. Upping your EQ, three things here. Evaluate where you are at. Evaluate where you are at with your confidence, your assertiveness. If you know I'm lacking in it, that's okay. That means you know where you gotta go and how much you gotta make up. If you are very confident, you realize, hey, okay, I gotta manage this better so I don't look overconfident all the time. Focus on the good emotions. If you have good emotions, you have good confidence. If you always are pissed off and negative and angry all the time, you're gonna have, uh, you're gonna have less confidence. You're gonna be less assertive. And third, fake it until you make it. It's always a great strategy. Fake it until you make it. If you aren't feeling confident, you aren't feeling assertive, just go. Just take the plunge and you will, you will gradually work yourself into it. So fake it till you make it. Here's a little clip from Don Draper in the TV show Suits. I don't know if you've ever seen that show. Um, it's a, back in the 60s and 70s, that's where it takes place. And it's a marketing firm. He runs an ad agency, okay? And so what he did here, I'm gonna set this clip up, is he called one of the tobacco companies at the time. And he's like, hey, I wanna come meet with you because I got something I wanna talk to you about. Uh, I, I, got some, I got some things I think my company, my marketing ad agency can help your, your business do. Mr. Baxter, we'll see you now. That's, that's a little bit what confidence looks like. And that, that might be a huge step for, for some of us. Um, cool now? Do I need to touch uh, That might be a huge step for some of us, but you can see how assertive he was. He called the meeting. The, the other guys didn't call the meeting. He called the meeting. He gave them facts. He gave them reasons why. He was like, this is why you need to hire us. We're going to get you to the top. And he was confident in what he was saying. And I guarantee, I think what happened later is they said, okay, we'll hire you. We want you to be our ad agency. We want you to, to run our marketing, okay? Um, no matter what you're doing in life, if you can come off with some confidence and tell somebody, hey, I can, do, I can do that for you. I can take you to the top. Imagine what that would sound like. You go on your next interview saying, I will turn this company around. You, know, you go to Wendy's, I will make this Wendy's a multi-million dollar Wendy's location. Might not want to say that. That might be a little ambitious, but maybe you say, I I'm gonna do this for this company. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this done. Like you won't regret it because this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm, I'm confident in what my skills are and my abilities. So that, that was a good look of, of confidence and how that uh, can be portrayed uh, in, in our lives. And that's high EQ right there. You knew when to back down a little bit and when to go. Communication, I don't need to touch on this a lot uh, because we've talked about communication. But why waste 
time when few words need said. Yeah, I always love that line from the office. Uh, he, he never had a lot to say. He always was very quick and simple to the point. Maybe that's you know what we need to do sometimes. High EQ people know what to say, when to say, and how to say it, but they don't. They they, they make it confident as well. Uh, so ask yourself this question: Are you able to communicate effectively in your work life, in your personal life, family life, using the proper? proper and clear language, meaning you don't swear every three words, because I, I get it, it's real, like swearing and, and, and cussing, it, it's real. Again, I'm not saying eliminate it, I don't think it's needed all the time, but it's real, but when, when somebody uses it all the time, then that eliminates some of the message I think they're trying to say, the communication they're trying to say. And then the tone and the timing of it. A lot of times our communication is good, but it's at the wrong time. We, we do it too early or we say it too late and then it's like well why'd you communicate this anyway so you could have said it an hour ago or you could have said it last week uh, so communication high eq people know how to manage these things effectively so you got to be aware awareness is key and key in, in everything in your life including with our communication so do you understand what you communicate have you ever thought about do, does everyone understand what i'm communicating um, you know, not everyone's always going to get it. There's some people who will, who will immediately get it. There's other people who are going to have to struggle to get it. And then there's the middle group who kind of is on the edge. Okay, but ask yourself, do people understand what I'm trying to communicate? And if they do, good. If they have some issues, if they don't think it's clear, or if it's not proper and it's not in good timing, well, then we need to make it better so that way people do understand it. Second, you got to have remember, emotions don't lie. So usually when we speak, when we communicate, we do it out of emotion. We do it out of frustration. We do it out of happiness and joy. That, that spurs our communication. So emotions won't lie in it. If you're angry, it's going to come across in your words and the things you communicate. It just will. Okay? It doesn't take texting in all caps to come across uh, sometimes that you're angry. You, you, can, you can tell. You can tell when someone's pissed off. You can tell when someone's happy. Okay? You can. You can just tell. And so embrace those emotions, but know that if it's on the negative side, if it's on the angry side, if it's on the uh, I need to make a point side, I'm trying to embarrass somebody side, that's going to come off in the words you say. And, and you don't want that on you all the time of, hey, every time they speak, they're just trying to put somebody else down. They're trying to embarrass somebody. That's not the, the thing you want to communicate. So be careful with your emotions because they come through. And that's part of the hidden message. There's, there's often a hidden message in everything we say um, by how we say it, when we say it, um, the facial expression we have when we say it. So understand the hidden message is when we communicate. Uh, you don't want to be putting off all that hidden message all the time. You don't want to be saying something but subtly trying to say something else. You know, throw shade on somebody. Okay, you don't want to, ha you don't want to be doing that all the time. Second, understand the communication process. Understand that back to basics sometimes is the way to go. Sometimes it just means, hey, I need to talk to you one-on-one. -on -one. Okay, we can't always FaceTime, we can't always text. Sometimes it's getting back to the basics uh, with communication. That's how you restore some communication processes. Trust, there's gotta be trust between you and the other person, the other people, the other group. You have to have to clear the air. Sometimes you, when there's fogginess, when there's issues, when there's beef back and forth to somebody else, you just gotta say, I gotta clear the air. Because if there's something between you and somebody else, a barrier that's affecting your communication, your progress, you gotta get rid of it. So clear the air. And then understand mess-ups will happen. You will mess up. You will say the wrong thing at the wrong time. You will say the, the wrong thing in the wrong tone. You will communicate something uh, late when it should have been communicated the day before. You will mess up. I messed up more times than the ceiling and room can hold with my communication. 
but you still have to keep getting better at it. You can't just cower in fear and say, well, I'm never going to communicate anything ever again. Uh, you apologize. You know what? I messed up. I said the wrong thing. That, that's, I apologize. I will do better. I will work to make myself better. I will try to use a better tone next time. Just apologize. But understand you are going to mess up. It's okay. It's okay. And, but understand you are going to mess up. Reactions to our communication is something high EQ people have as well. Because when you get told something, when you read a letter, when you read an email, when you read a text, we all have a reaction to it. No one just looks at something and is blank to it. Uh, high EQ people manage the reactions to the communication in the world. So they filter through, just like you have like a coffee filter or a water filter. You know, it gets rid of all the gunk. Your brain and your body, your, your mind has to do that as well for your emotions and your reactions. So when you get communicated with something, how do you filter it out? How do you get rid of the good and, and the bad? How do you filter the, the, the great things, the, the positive things from the negative things? Okay. How do you filter the, the bad emotions with the good emotions? Because if you just hold on to everything, it's going to wear you into the ground. It really will. Nonverbal. Nonverbal is key as well because a lot of times our nonverbal reactions to when we read something or hear something uh, can be worse. You know, if someone tells you, hey, you need to get better at this. You, you were wrong there. That was a mistake you made. That was an error you had. And our facial expression says, don't, don't you say that to me. No, don't, don't look at me like that. And, and we give a facial expression, a nonverbal expression, or a signal with our hands or other things that, that showcase what we're really feeling inside. Be careful with that reaction. Be very careful because as soon as you uh, have a reaction to your face, um, is that, that's all we need to see. And it's a struggle. I, I struggle with it a ton. I look at, uh, you know, Mr. Bales, he's the, the basketball coach. It's very easy for a coach to, to have his emotions on his sleeve, and there's a lot of times where I watch him in a game and a bad thing happens, something negative happens in the game, and his emotion, his face, doesn't change too much. His reaction doesn't change too much because he knows he has to keep pressing through because he can't reflect on what just happened because the game is still moving on. And so uh, our nonverbal reactions can't throw out the showcase, oh, I'm pissed off here, I'm pissed off there. Just keep going through, keep going through. And then third, our relationship impact. The relationships we have uh, will help us. Maybe we need somebody that calms us down, that, that helps us react better to something. Okay, so make sure you have that as well. Four parts of communication. There's emotion, there's the emotional factor, there's the power factor. When we communicate, a lot of people do it on a power trip trying to show dominance over somebody. Third, there's the vision for the communication. You only communicate because you have a reason, you have a purpose for it. Okay, and what's the end goal for it? And then finally, emotion again. Just to emphasize that emotion carries a huge amount of weight when we communicate. It does. So if we don't manage it correctly, we can let our emotions get the best of us. Where we, that's where you see people tweet something that they normally wouldn't. But they do it in the spur of the moment because their emotions are just feeling. Not good. Not good. You might regret that later on. So if we're going to up our EQ, here's three things for you. Okay, Become or find examples. Find examples. That's where reading helps. Go read something. Learn how to communicate. Look at what other people do. I just mentioned Coach Bales is one for me I look at. Uh, I try to re be a, use him as an example. Um, but find an example of how someone needs to communicate and look how they do it. Okay, It's good to see somebody else do it. Become an active listener. We talked about this earlier, but listening to understand, not listening to respond. Third, align your, your strategy and your goals and your relationships with your communication. If your goals and dreams are going somewhere, your communication should point you that direction. It shouldn't take you away from where you want to go. If you ever watch the Avengers movies, that, like, the great thing I like about those superhero movies is... Huh? I can't remember which one it was from. Like, it was just one of the Avengers movies. But 
they all have to communicate whenever they're in the room and you got Iron Man talking with the Hulk and you know Captain America like they're all communicating hey what are we going to do how are we going to defeat this superhero or this uh, this this guy we got to take uh, our arch nemesis they communicate they, they do and, and sometimes they have issues sometimes they like to throw hammers and things and shields around um, but they have to communicate and so whenever you watch those movies watch how they communicate watch how they work together um, that's something that you can learn from and implement in your own life so now one of the biggest ones with EQ is our stress relief, okay? And I always think stats are good because stats back up what we really want to say, okay? And, and we just got to remember, sometimes we just got to relax, okay? We're going to finish today with a muscle relaxation, um, and that's going to help you get into the rest of today strong and head into the weekend strong. But 40% of workers report that their job was very or extremely stressful on their job. Now, that's why I encourage you to find a job and a career that you have a passion for, that you love, because then you won't feel like you are under so much stress. You will have stress, though, regardless. Yeah. I feel like if you get a job, you get to have a job. No, it's not. Stress will be there. I, I, I don't want to like say if you have a job that you, you love, like there will be zero stress ever, because that's just false. Uh, stress is, uh, I'm going to point out in a second, it's everywhere. It's, it's like, uh, it's like, atoms it's like elements it's like germs on the desk it's everywhere okay it's how we handle it high eq people know how to handle their stress and anxiety low eq people cave to it and they struggle with it when stress and anxiety happens they just fold um, fold like a tent okay three out of four employees believe that workers have more on the job stress than a generation ago many workers today are saying you know, compared to a generation ago, compared to 10, 15 years ago, there's more stress on the job. And if you're looking at that trend, that means it's only going up, right? That, it's, it's probably not, it's not on the downward trend, it's going up, which means by the time you get into the workforce, who knows what stress levels could be out in the world, our economy, okay? It's gonna be there. How are we gonna manage it? And you need to start thinking about that now. 26% of workers say they are often or very often burned out or stressed out by the work. They get to a day like today, Friday, and they're like, I can't wait till four o'clock or five o'clock till I can clock out and I can just be done with this week. And, and that's hard. When you're always burned out like that, you can't be productive. You can't do really great things. You're just going through the motions then eventually. And then you hate the job. Then you say something you shouldn't. And then you, you go and resort to doing things you normally wouldn't, gambling and alcohol addiction. It leads to those things. It's a, it's a sad story, but it does. When you let stress and anxiety take over your week, 80% of workers feel stressed in the job. Nearly half, half say they need help in learning how to manage it. Okay, um, works, worker, workplaces, and employers are trying to give their their employees the ability to manage stress. Whether that means giving them th counseling services, giving them uh, longer lunch breaks to go out and take a longer walk, uh, it's a key issue that is going to be happening in our world. How do we manage stress? You need to start learning now. How do I manage my own stress when it comes about? Okay, you, we each will do it in a different way. What works for Jose won't work for Hunter. So learn what works for you and how you manage your stress, okay? Uh, I thought this was good, and I want to give you this stat. 25% of people felt like screaming or shouting because of the job stress at work, okay? So if you hear someone screaming or shouting in the hallways, it's probably not a good thing, right? It's probably, yeah, like, like the only place, as somebody mentioned first hour, the only place that it's acceptable is in the office. Okay, if someone screams and at their job in the office office, 
like with Scott, and then you're like, okay, it's just regular work day. But everywhere else, if someone's screaming and, and shouting, like that's crazy. Like think about it, what it would take to get you to scream and shout in the middle of a class. Like I am so stressed out, I just want to scream right now. You might think it, but to actually do it is is, a, is another crazy thing. So manage your stress. Manage your stress. It's impacting everywhere today. It's impacting so many people. So ask yourself, are you always under stress and anxiety? Am I always under stress? Am I always under anxiety? And if you're saying yes to that question inside, you need to ask yourself, well, why? Why, why is this stress and anxiety building up? What's going on? Is your outlook, I mean, the outlook, the, the, the looking forward on your day, your perspective, filled with negative thoughts and perceptions, or is it positive? If you're always looking at things, glass half empty, if you're always looking at things with a negative view, course that's going to add stress it's going to add, add anxiety so stress tolerance the ability to withstand withstand like hold strong you're not backing down from adverse events stressful situations uh, without developing physical or emotional symptoms by actively and uh, actively and positively coping with stress coping is a big word because you're not going to eliminate stress I, I wish i could i wish i could give you a magic pill um, that eliminates every stress you ever will ever have not going to happen, unfortunately, at least right now. Maybe you can invent it, but there's always going to be stress to some extent. How do we cope with it? How do we manage it effectively? How do we, how do we diminish it? How do we overcome those stresses and anxieties in our lives? We have to work at that. So it's not eliminating them. It's how do we overcome? How do we, how do we cope best with it? So stress is everywhere. Like I said, it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere in the world it's here it's there it's over wherever you want to go it's it's every place possible use all the resources times a thousand there is so much out there for us to read to learn about stress and anxiety to help overcome stress and anxiety use all of them i I can't give you enough resources there are so many out there take some time to look it up take some time to do some research and find out what might work for you because again what might work for you won't work for me and so, uh, you know, you find it. Find what helps you the best. High speed, high pace, high knowledge. That's the world we live in, in, at least in America today. We live in a high speed, high pace society. Like, yeah, I gotta get up and gotta get moving. You gotta do this. You gotta make, you gotta do this by your 22. You gotta make, you know, a certain, have a certain job. You gotta have a certain degree. You gotta be at a certain status in life by the time you hit 30. We live in a high paced environment. And sometimes that adds our stress. It does. It, it adds adds to the stress and anxiety we have. So understand that we live, that's the society we live in. We live in that high speed pace. We live in, I want it now. Like Wi-Fi goes out for 0.1 seconds, we flip out because we need that, that, that speed, okay? Other countries do it a little differently. There's other countries that take uh, less time for work. They don't have a 40 hour work week. They work for 30 hours. Uh, there's other countries where their schools go to f- uh, four days of school a week. Everyone does it a little differently and, and while we might have it right or wrong, whatever you want to say. Understand that the world you live in, in society right now, it's high speed, high space, which adds some anxiety. And then be under over aware. So sometimes we are a little under aware of, of how stressful things are. Sometimes we're a little over aware. We amplify it a little too much in our lives. So understand that. Stress inhibits the, emo- uh, the emotional intelligence in our life. If you have so much stress, you can never have high EQ. It's, uh, that's, this is one of the easier ones to, to tell you about. If you have stress and anxiety built up, you have no EQ. There is no EQ in your life. If you can eliminate it and manage it, now you have high EQ. 2018, there was a study done about the most stressful states and anxiety states in the country. Number one was Louisiana. Indiana came in number 17. 
uh, on the list, okay? So you know, that, that's kind of crazy. You know, you affect what goes into that. Now, my thought on Louisiana is when you have the, the fear and, and worry of, of a levee breaking every five seconds, well, I would probably have some stress and anxiety, too, if I knew the, the, the levees. That, that's why they had those, like the Hurricane Katrina's. When that happened and the levees broke, just Louisiana was a little under, um, I'm forgetting the word. Yeah, it's below sea level, so they have levees and that hold up and withstand some of the, the, the water. And so when those break down, flood. So I can, I can imagine that would add some stress and anxiety to your life. Uh, but ask yourself also why. Why did the stress happen? Is it economic status? Is it um, lack of education? Is it just limited hope? Is it crime? What goes into that? But Louisiana was number one. Indiana was number 17. Okay, uh, Self-imposed. I think a high majority of our stress in our lives is self-imposed. We add stress to our life. We add anxiety to our life. It's not always other people. And it's like, why, why would we do that? When we really take a step back, I ask myself, why would I do that? Why did I just add so much more stress and anxiety in my life when I could have easily just done something to avoid it? Like, why did I add this to myself? I hate being stressed. I hate being under anxiety. Yet, I made myself more stressed out and more, have more anxiety. So understand, self-imposed. We gotta be a little more flexible. If we're a little more flexible in our lives, we can eliminate the stress that piles up on us. I'll give you an example. Like yesterday, I was working on some stuff, going to have some phone calls with Jennifer and get some things done uh, for, for, for Officer Jag. And Mr. Martin comes to me and says, hey, uh, Miss Church, her grandma just passed away. Uh, she needs to leave right now. Can you go help her in the classroom and finish the, the hour? Not what I wanted to do because my stress level when my schedule changes goes up because I don't like changing routines. I don't like changing schedules. And so when somebody comes up to me and says, hey, can you change for an hour and a half, two hours here of your day? That's like, no, no, no. But obviously I, I, I'm not going to do that in this church. Like, if family should happen, I would, I would readily step up. But like, that's where my mind sometimes goes for a split second, and, and it's bad. I hate admitting that, that my mind went there for a half a second thinking, I don't want to have to change my schedule. Like, this is going to stress me out. I had some things I wanted to get done, and now I'm just changing it. But I want to let you know that because it's real. It's real. So being more flexible in your life is going to eliminate some stress. Second, decisions, decisions. The decisions we make impact our stress level. Sometimes we, we overcommit to things. We, make so many, we try to make so many decisions that uh, we, we add the stress and anxiety. And then the time crunch. If you look at your day and you're like, man, I have like zero time in my day set for myself or set to, to relax a little bit. You got to have something. You got to work, but you got to have some time to relax. If you have zero time in your life for that, uh, then you're probably adding some stress. If you're like, I got to do this and then I go from here to there, then I go to do this and I do that. Like time crunch. You're, you're adding stress to your life. Okay, so keep that in mind. Restraining benefits. You got some negative behaviors, thoughts. If you restrain from having high anxiety, you eliminate the negative thoughts. You eliminate negative behavior. You eliminate the anger in your life if you eliminate stress because you aren't so angry about things. You have you eliminate self doubt. You're more confident because because you have less stress in your life, and then your judgment is not clouded anymore. You can think clear. You can act clear. You can communicate clear. Your brain is just free because you have less stress and anxiety. When we have stress and anxiety, it's like putting on uh, like a 100 pound backpack. It's like weighing us down, okay? All we gotta do is take that stress and anxiety and remove it, and now we can move freer. We really can. To up your EQ, here's three things. Get away from the screens. You've heard this a million and nine times, okay? So I'm not gonna do it to you a million and 10 times. Um, so I'm not gonna go into it a long time, but 
eliminate some time from the screen. Especially at night before you go to bed, you know, the LED light, you've heard that before. Uh, but even if it's just five minutes, five minutes away. That's great. Start with five minutes. Second, sleep and exercise. Sleep is crucial for you. You gotta get the seven to eight hours. You have to. It has an impact on your body, on your mind. It adds stress when you don't get sleep. It really does. Um, exercise is good for some people. That's a stress reliever. Just again, moving, actively doing something. Whether it be walking, whether it be going for a run. Doing something gets your mind off some things. And then label your stressors and seek assistance. Like you talked about the anger management. Identify the triggers. Identify the things that get you stressed out. That make your anxiety levels go up. And then work to avoid it. Work to overcome it. So you might need to seek some counseling. You might need to seek some help. Hey, when this happens, I need a buddy because I, I struggle when the, this, this happens. Uh, so seek some help. There's a couple things you can do to put some things into practice. And then we're going to... I'm going to... We're going to do the muscle relaxation. Over the weekend, think about doing this. You can do some positive affirmations. Positive affirmations are good because that keeps your confidence levels up. It promotes less stress in your life. and promotes less anxiety because you're not worried and freaking yourself out all the time. Uh, so get a blank piece of paper and just write as many I am statements about yourself as you can. I am strong. I am confident. I am smart. I am good at this. I am, I am, a, I am I'm good. I'm a good friend. I'm a good brother. Write those I am statements out, and those will elevate and remind you how good you actually are. It gives you some confidence. You can also do this for somebody else. We, we can do this activity if we get a larger group. I want to do it. Uh, where you, I don't know if you've ever seen it, where you get somebody up in front, and then everyone else writes something about that person. Hey, they, you know, I come up here, and Louis says, man, I would take Mr. H over Superman any day. And that's what he writes down. Like, I don't like whatever it is. You write something good about somebody, and then at the end, you give them the sheet, and they read all the great things everyone said about them. And that's a good reminder as well. Uh, sometimes we need that look from some other people. Don't be afraid to go up to somebody else today and say, "Hey, I really value your friendship. I value what you do. Hey, you are really, really talented. Don't forget about that." And that'll boost somebody's confidence. It reduces their stress because then for three seconds they're not worried about the, the thing they got to get done today. They're like, hey, someone complimented it. Um, then the other thing is find maybe some apps, whether it be the Calm app, Headspace. Uh, there's one called Relax Now. There's so many apps. These are just some of them. I encourage you to get them on your phone. It helps you take... Oh, yeah. Uh, good to relax your mind a little bit. There's so much, so many resources out there for you. There really are. Just hit, find one, try it out. If you don't like it, find a new one. Uh, but I encourage you to look at that or have a game. Angry Birds, because then you can get rid of your anger, right? Get a, you, know, you can release some anger. Um, maybe it is a, a game that you just, you know, people play Pac-Man. Um, my, my wife loves to play uh, the, the Candy Crush. She, she, when, when she needs to get, rid of, get away from something, she just pulls out her phone and plays Candy Crush for five minutes. Because that takes her brain away for a little bit. It relaxes her a little bit. So maybe you find that thing for you this weekend that helps you calm down, helps you relax your mind. Headspace is also a really good app. I encourage you to look at that one as well. All right. So for the last little bit of class here, I want you to, to make sure you have, everything's away, okay? And we're gonna we're gonna relax our mind, relax our body.